Monday, May 15th, and this is Season 7, Episode 35 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is John. Lovely to be with you, as always. And Cy. Hey, everybody. Well, Cy, you're going to be hosting next week, uh, so uh, uh, you'll be held accountable for what we talk about today. I won't be here next week. Uh, so we'll have to make this a good episode uh, with good content and good predictions on Brentford, I guess. That works uh, but, for me. <laughs> but let's roll right into it. Um, so we had Aston Villa away this weekend. Um, it, it was a relatively si- similar lineup to what we had uh, uh, seen with the, the, the previous uh, fixture. Um, there was a couple uh, uh, people missing from the bench, of course. Um, and I, th- I think... Um, it had worked, so I think uh, Mason was kind of thinking, "Let's if it worked once, it sh- should be able to work again." Uh, but I think he was probably a little unprepared for the uh, the plan that Aston Villa had, which uh, seemed to be to use a a high a high line, uh, definitely an offside trap, um, and prevent us from uh, really being effective on the counter. Um, and they, they did a magnificent job of it. But how are you guys feeling as far as the lineup, uh, how Aston Villa set up against us, uh, and how this match kind of shook out? Uh, go ahead, John. Well, when I saw the lineup, I thought, that's good. That's nice. Um, Aston Villa are pretty good at home. But I thought that if the team played like they had done the last uh, game with Ryan Mason there at the head, then things should be okay. Um, yeah, they played a high line. Um, this shouldn't be really a surprise to anybody. And why it was a surprise to our forwards, who got caught offside more times than Jermaine Defoe did in a full season, is amazing to me. Um, you know, so it, it's if it's not one thing, it's another. It drove me crazy. I mean, the number of times uh, we were offside, it was absurd. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, to, to keep going with John, he was saying it's it was very absurd. And not only were we off sides all the time, but we were off sides by two or three men half the time. It was the timing was off. It looked like they weren't like on the same page all day long. And uh, it just became a nuisance to like the team. And they got frustrated and it showed on the pitch. Yeah, I think so. And um, it's the first time really we've tried to play Richarlson through with those balls from the midfield. And, you know, I think that's a good, uh, a good strategy, but his ability to stay on side was ridiculous. Um, you know, right now the money we paid for him and the stuff we've got back from him is abysmal. Well, honestly. Well, and I, I think it's probably a little unfair with every, to, to criticize him too much with, you know, the injuries he's had, the World Cup break, there, there's a lot there. Conte wasn't really using him. Um, I think it's a little unfair uh, to to be too much, because we, we don't know if we're going to get our money's worth. If we if we have him for another year, he could be fantastic. Uh, go ahead, Cy. I think we might have lost him. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I do think it's worthy of criticism. Um you know, we spent a lot of money on him to be a forward and to be a goal scorer. And 
despite the fact that he was at uh, the World Cup, all right, so were a lot of other players. He's had a lot of time to come back and work that out. He's had a lot of time since he got over the injury. And he's not he's not putting balls in the net. I mean, that's, that's his only job. His one and only job is to score goals, and he's not doing it. And I think that's worthy of criticism. I would say that we've looked better since he started He started over Kulishevsky, who hasn't really looked that good. Though I do think Kulishevsky did all right off the bench uh, uh, on uh, Saturday. But uh, go ahead, Sai. Yeah, sorry about the slippage and uh, losing you guys there. Um, the Rickarlson, is, is it's a tough one because we paid so, many, so much money for him. But I, I, really, I really believe we're being... Some people are being too easy on him. Too, some people do me too hard on the. The people that are being too easy on him are giving him the whole World Cup and giving him the, you know, the benefit of the doubt, the injuries. But at the end of the day, he's gotten a lot of minutes for us, and he hasn't put the ball in the back of the net, and he's had many chances. And then when he does, he celebrates by ripping his shirt off and acting like he's never been there before. So that's the kind of thing that bothers me. I like his attitude. I like his lamellaness that he has um, when it comes to stuff like that. But um, I think we're going to see a lot more of him next year. I don't know if Harry's going to be around. But um, Kulu's been playing poorly over the last few weeks. And to, for him to get the minutes and play well, I thought, I, besides not scoring, I felt like he's had uh, a few good matches for us, and I was excited to see him in the lineup. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Like, I, I thought, thought he was all right. And I'll go so far as to say I don't think this performance was a, as bad as um, – Everybody's making out. I think the result was was bad. Um, I don't think we we created enough opportunities, which I think really harkens back to the, the midfield problems that we've been talking about since the start of the season. Um, and you know, we have basically two guys there that uh, really don't have the school, skill set to get the, uh, the the ball up to the attacking uh, line. But I didn't think it was that that horrible of a match. I mean, we we had slightly more of the possession uh, than uh, yeah, only fifty one percent, but slightly more. Um, granted, they had a, a lot more shot, shots on target, but um, um, I I just don't think it was as abysmal as everybody um, indi- indicated afterwards. I think it was more the result that really uh, everybody felt was bad. Uh, Sai. Uh, yeah, real, real quick, I, I was saying this at the pub, and I don't know if I was talking to you, John, about it or not, but I, I, we're, we're, we're really lacking is what Rick's been saying. Unfortunately, Rick is dead right. We have all these attacking weapons. We have Richarlson, Kulisevsky, Son, obviously the man came, and we don't have any way to kind of control the ball to get them up there to get them to scoring positions. The midfield is completely overrun. Hoiber is understandably exhausted out there. And we don't have anybody to like kind of push the ball and uh, we're forced to kind of just punt it and, and chuck the ball 70 yards and hope for Charleston's on sides, which he's not or son or Kane, whoever else. And uh, it's just, a, we're in such a deep hole right there. And we spent so much money in the forwards and we have to take a step back and figure out how in this off season we can soup up that midfield. Basuma came on. I'm sure we'll get into that, but uh, that's my biggest problem. We have so much money and so much talent in the fi- in the final third, but we have no way of getting the ball to the final third. That's my issue. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I agree. To go back to the game, I watched it again when I got home. 
uh, and I watched match of the day too. And in the Spurs half, in the first half, we were completely dominated by Aston Villa. And, you know, it's not like I'm saying we were completely dominated by Manchester City. I'm saying we were completely dominated by Aston Villa, for God's sake. And, uh, yeah, we did play better in the second half. And we certainly played better when Basuma came on. I think that he is part of the solution for next year. Um, and if we can get him and Bentecourt back together and not have to depend on uh, Hobier and Skip, but have them there as backups and then bring somebody else in as well, I think we could be in good shape. Um, now, admittedly, the the midfield has been poor, but we have been without the two of the guys that we brought in that we expected to really make a difference. And I think maybe we deserve a little bit of credit for going out of the way. We did get midfielders in um, and... They were good midfielders. Uh, they just now they're now they're not there. So when we get them next year, it'd be, it'd be like two new signings, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, that's assuming uh, Bentancourt can make it back. Uh, I mean, there, there's talk that he won't be available till November now, um, and who knows with that type of injury whether he'll ever be the same player. And I really think that we what we need is more of an attacking-minded uh, midfield midfielder like you know somebody like uh, like madison like james madison's uh caliber like somebody that can really fil- facilitate some passes i certainly think basuma is part of the solution as well um he, he's a good ball carrier um uh, and i think like once now that he's off the uh the conti leash where he's expected to fulfill a very specific role i i I think we got to see for just a few minutes like an improvement in the team because um, he was just allowed to do his own thing. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, th- I was watching James Madison this afternoon. Um, you know, they lost. It looks to me like they're going down. Um, therefore, he may be available. I think he would be a superb signing for us, just what we need. But uh, who knows what's going to happen? We think, we think we look bad. Look at Leicester. They look like a pub team right now. Matt, Madison is is a little shining star in that team, and that team, I, they had a really solid midfield for a while, and all those guys are going to be available. Tielemans, Madison, they'll all be available. Who knows where Jamie Vardy will go? Um, that's well, I think he'll, I think he'll stay because he's a little old now. He uh, is a little old. He's in the mid thirties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm with you, Anthony. I think I think attacking mid is something we have to prioritize. And uh, what? So I'm gonna kind of no. Let's let's finish the match, uh, Anthony. Go ahead. Well, I, um, I think the other position that we need is probably where we have to go to next in this conversation, and that was kind of our our supposed strength at at center back that really became our weakness this match. Um, and I don't want to be too harsh on Ramiro. Um, because he, he did do some magnificent plays in this match as well. I mean, he had, he had some really good tackles. He was really key at times. Um, but really, both goals uh, that Aston Villa scored were related to mistakes that he made. And, and the, the penalty was certainly, like, you can't blame that on anybody else. There wasn't Eric Dyer uh, making a bonehead move that he's trying to clean up and makes a dumb tackle. Yeah, he just made a dumb tackle after he he made a bonehead play. So um, 
So I, do, is anybody else feeling a little bit concerned about Ramiro at this point, especially since uh, um, he's supposed to be our strong center back and we know that we need at least one this uh, summer? Well, as I, an you know, as an optimist, he can't get any worse, can he? <laughs> I mean, he's got to move forward. Um, he's got the skill set. Uh, I, you know, to me, he's one. I thought he had a better game than he'd had in a while, but that's not saying much. But yes, uh, like many players now, if you make a couple of mistakes, you're going to get a couple of goals scored on you. That's what it's coming down to these days. And uh, unfortunately, Romero, for all the good stuff he did, he made the two mistakes and we gave up two goals. It was. Um, it's a mystery to me, but then there's a lot of things that are a mystery to me. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm I'm with you. I, I think Romero is kind of having to do too much, which is putting him in awkward and uh, bad positions and maybe making a couple mistakes here and there. He's covering so much of that center back area. Um, Longley and Emerson are not center backs. They're not even really built for a three. Um, and and it, he's just really really working his tail off back there, which which is making some fouls, unnecessary fouls, which is getting him beat a couple of times. I think if anybody's working harder on the pitch, I mean, I apologize. I don't think anybody else is working harder on the pitch than Romero right now. And um, I'm not going to sit here and uh, judge his effort um, and, and a few mistakes that he's making when, as a club, as a team in general, we don't look like we have the passion. Well, I, but my thing is, his mistakes are costing us games at this point. Um, it's ha it's happened multiple games now where he, he's made a bonehead play that costs us a goal that that costs us points. Uh, and yes, I understand what you're saying. Uh, a lot of the other defenders are possibly more to blame, or maybe he's trying to do too much, but. Um, but I, I don't think that we can uh, totally discount that he's um, um, he's got to be better uh, a better decision maker than he is. Um, and I, I agree with that. And I, I think that can be taught. Um, and and I'm hopeful that he can. And maybe with the right partnership with somebody who's a little bit more disciplined next to him um, next year, if we buy somebody who's also a stud, that's that's a little bit more disciplined. Maybe it will work out a little bit better, but um, uh, John. Well, he wasn't the only one that was making mistakes at the back. I mean, if you look, if you go back and look at that first half again, um, we were very, very fortunate not to have given up more goals. I mean, the, the back line was in a shambles. Um, the midfield didn't seem to be able to carve anything out. The only time we seemed to be, going forward was the long pass to Son, who was offside some of the time, and the long pass to Richardson, who was offside all the time. Um, we've got a uh, that is an effective play, but if it's all, if it's the only arrow we've got in our quiver, we, we, <laughs> people are going to see us coming, aren't they? And I think <laughs> that uh, teams know that we don't like being pressed. Now, uh, to me, that's an absurd thing to say because if you're playing Premiership football, you're going to you're going to be pressed, and it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. You're going to be pressed. You can't say, <laughs> "Well, hello, boy. Excuse me, Mister Defender. Do you mind not pressing me quite so hard? I need a bit more room here." I <laughs> mean, um, I used to do that when I was playing, but they ignored me as well. But um, in general, 
they know that we don't like being pressed, so they press us and they play a high line and it worked like a charm. And it's a very simple thing, for goodness sake. You know, can you imagine the team talk before with Aston Villa? Well, look, they don't like being uh, pressed, Dan, play a high line, guys will be fine. And they did that and it was pretty good team talk, really. I mean, we had nothing to combat it with. Until yep. until Basuma came on when made a big difference. Um, and I was encouraged by that. But until then, we didn't seem to have a clue on how to act against what should have been a predictable uh, position by the Aston Villa team. I, I feel like we, and this is easy to say now, but I feel like we got out coached. Emery kind of used his his experience and knew exactly what we couldn't do and went at us, and Mason had no counter for it until Basuma came on. But even then, it almost felt like it was too late. <clears throat> Although I think he came on the 62nd minute or something like that. Um, it just felt like we got outcoached that game, and, and I'm not an anti-Mason guy. I, I, I like Ryan. Um, it's, it's just about they came up with the game plan. I felt like Ryan said, okay, here's what worked. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to We're going to try this again, and they were ready for it with a counter and a better game plan. And it, it just got to us. I think that's basically as simple as it, as it was. I agree with you. And, and ultimately we did get our penalty goal. Harry Kane, of course, uh, scored that. Um, but uh, it was uh, disappointing. Um, it really felt like we should have been able to at least work out the draw here. But, um, but at the same time, um, I think we just got to see out this season and wait for um, reinforcements to come in, figure out who our next coach is going to be, and then move them from there. But let's uh, uh, let's do MVP, LVP fast. Uh, John, let's start with you for MVP. Who, who well, is best here? I'm, I'm going to go out a bit on a limb now because I think that Longley played a very solid game. He wasn't out there being flashy. But he had a very solid game, and we needed more of that. And I think Longley uh, deserves the MVP on this game for me. Uh, Say, yeah, I'm 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 one of the side defenders as well. I I, I like Longley. It's a great shout. I uh, I also thought Emerson did a nice job too. If you were watching the match, Emerson was all over that pitch, um, even sometimes a little bit out of position, um, and where people had uh, Poro had to drop back. A little bit and help him out, but I, I thought the the effort from the wing uh, defenders was our best of the game, okay. and we got beat two one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Basuma uh, because uh, when he came on, the the game changed for the positive, and we were on the front foot. I think for the first time all match. Um, so I, he 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 to me was the difference maker because um, we didn't see a change until then. Possibly Kulishevsky coming on uh, um, had that impact as well, just because it was uh, something different on the attack than with Rich Arlson. But um, but I but I would give mine to Basuma. Um, let's go back to jo- oh, you want to jump in there, Sai? Well, I just want to say one thing about Kula real quick, Adeki or whatever, whatever he wants to go by. Um, I feel like in, in a scenario where you kind of look at it like a baseball player. Some guy comes up to the plate and hits, you know, 350 and a bunch of home runs, and then they kind of figure you out. That's almost what I'm feeling about Kulu right now, where 
they kind of figured him out on the right a little bit. Yeah, he's got great, great, great feet. He can distribute the ball really well. But he, he, everybody knows he's going to his left, and he needs to kick it with his left foot. And they're they're pushing him there, and he's just he's unable to hit that that one strike he's been hitting early on in his career here at Tottenham. And I'm worried that when we do sign him, that it's going to be discovered that he's here's how you deal with him, and that's going to be an issue for us. You know, so I agree. I was thinking exactly the same thing, um, particularly when he did the move that um, he's done in, when he first joined us, where he he goes down the right and then cuts back and swings that ball in from the right side of the box into the far corner, which he did and missed by a few inches. But that's it. Is he a trick, a one trick pony? Because if he is, we've, the other teams have figured him out, and that's probably why he's not being as effective as he was when he first came to us. Exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. It, it certainly is a fear, and I think that that's why the rumors popped up that maybe he's not um, – maybe they're not going to pick up his option. Um, I think there's more of a player there. I mean, we've seen him um, be, provide some creativity that was much needed earlier in the season – and that wasn't just based off of the one move. There was a lot of uh, taking a man out and in the box that was happening. That I still think there's a player there, but I do think he's got to come up with a solution for the um, what has been figured out. Um, yeah. uh, LVP, back to John. Hobie. I think his performances have been going downhill in the last couple of months. And I thought that was probably his worst performance out there. Um, he, if he's exhausted then fair enough, but, um, then he needs to stand down. Well, having said that, we've got nobody else to go in there anyway, but, um, I think he's beginning to show his age. He's slowing down. And, uh, as we rebuild the midfield, as we must next year, um, I can see Hobie not being a full-time part of that, um, but, but but a valuable bench piece, I think. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. Yes, yeah, but he would no. be a great guy to have come in and see out a match. Uh, I mean, um, his shit housing, um, you know, some of the just uh, toughness, like him coming off the bench, could be very useful to a team, uh, especially when we're sitting on a lead. Um, so I yeah I see a place for him, but I agree. Like I don't I think he needs to be on the bench. Uh, Sai, uh, your LVP. Yeah, I um it was going to be Hoyer, but I had a, I had a second thought when you guys were discussing that, and, and I, I I really feel like Son has been underperforming week in and week out. I love the kid, but it just seems like it's just not working for him right now. And again, offsides all game. Um, didn't really create anything, um, and and gosh, when he did, and when he was offsides and beat the goalie, he missed from six feet and hit the bar. Like he's just not in form. Uh, just seems to be lacking that that uh, that fire that he had, and I'm hoping it comes back next season. But uh, he's my LVP. Okay, yeah, good uh, good shot there. Um... I think uh, I'm going to go with Ramiro just because uh, the two goals that they scored uh, were uh, related to him. And I do understand he wasn't bad all the time, but it's mostly because of his decision making, not because of his talent that I'm picking him. But um, 
but I think for me, he's he's my LVP in this situation. Um, so uh, we're not going to do a halftime today um, because we have a limited amount of things to talk about. Um, but I do want to kind of jump into this uh, coach conversation that, that we uh, have. So uh, the day before the um, uh, this match, um, it kind of came out that, um, well, first the club said that they were never interested in uh, Nagelsmann, uh, which I think they were kind of trying to get out ahead of Nagelsmann there. Um, sure. Because it was going to, they were trying to save face, make it look like, uh, um, oh, like we didn't miss out on another guy um, uh, because they kind of knew how social media was going to uh, react. Uh, but then, you know, Nagelsmann said that he, you know, he was never going to be part of the project, which I think is probably more likely the case because, I mean, if he's turning down Chelsea, I don't see why he would think our project would be, let me have a, a big slice of that. Um, but, um, well, he's not going to get the option at Chelsea now. I mean, they've picked their man yeah, with but, Pochettino. Yeah, but, our man. but he, but they turned, he, he turned them down before, uh, they picked Pochettino. So Pochettino was their second choice. Um, I don't know. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this, uh, uh, Nagel's men like kind of falling apart. Was it was he your your last hope, or did you never think we were going to get him anyway? Uh, go ahead, John. I don't believe anything that has been written in the last three weeks in the press at all. I don't think the press has any idea what's going on. I hope that Levy does. Because if he's got as much idea as the press, then we are in big trouble. But when it comes down to these kind of positions, the conjecture is at a, is at a, a you know, fever pitch. Um, we could have had conversations with Nagelsmann. We might not have had conversations with Nagelsmann. We had conversations with him and he said no. We had conversations with him and he said yes, but he wanted to take control of the transfers. We didn't have conversations with him. I mean, all of those... Um, have been reported. Uh, I don't know who they're looking at. And I think it's going to be a difficult position to fill based on our track record. Now, you know, I saw a, a joke. What was it? That Conte and um, uh, the guy before him. Jose Mourinho. M Mourinho, you know. And, the, and the, they're looking at each other and the caption was, yeah, you get paid for five years. You only have to stay for a year and you don't win any trophies. <laughs> and that just about sums it up. I mean, both of those coaches had good backgrounds coming in and we were all encouraged by their signings and they failed miserably. So why is that? That's the question I don't have an answer for. Um, so I'd, I really don't think it would be a surprise to me if they hired Nagelman. It, would be, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they didn't hire him, because I don't think we know if there's any state of the conversation going on at all. And then some other names have been thrown out, but they've been thrown out by the press, not by the club, which I understand. But really, it's... Um, I do think they're going to have difficulty getting somebody on board because I do think that there is an inherent problem within the club that we're not aware of. 
Um, it can't. All of these guys that have come in and all of these really good players that have come in, we should be having a record-breaking season, and we didn't. And why is that? I, I don't understand why world beaters come to us and end up looking like uh, Sunday morning football players. Managers with good track records come to us and don't achieve anything. Uh, I, I think the question has to be asked, and I don't know what the answer is. I hear a lot of uh, stuff about Levy being out. Well, you know, we need him out. Um, one of the uh, one of the reports I read was, well, he's running a company that does all sorts of things apart from football. Like he's making revenue off of pop concerts. He's making revenue off the NFL, and he's that's more important to him than Tottenham. Well, I think that's complete rubbish. I mean, anyone that runs a corporation that has an asset like the what the Tottenham Stadium and uses it to gain more revenue is a good businessman. But what is his impact on the team? I don't know. And I don't think anybody does. And that's what makes this whole thing so difficult. So I I, I agree, John. And, and, and to kind of elaborate on the, on the Libby thing before I get into the coaching, um, Libby is a – he grew up a Tottenham supporter. And, and he is a phenomenal businessman. And, yes, he's running the club like a business – as most people should run their clubs. It is a business. It's not pay for free and let's have a, have a world time and try to win something. This is a business. We are one of the biggest clubs in England, and we're the only one that's probably profitable. Um, and so, like, let, let's not uh, lower our head at Levy. And also, let's not um, get on Levy like he hasn't tried. He's hired Mourinho. He's hired Conte. Two of the biggest names in the world when it comes to coaching uh, vacancies. He's given his shots. He's spent money. He spent money in Richarlson. He spent money in Ndombele when uh, Poch wanted him. He spent money on the Celso. He's, he, we've spent 200-some million pounds on a, a bunch of players that unfortunately have not worked out for us. That is one of our biggest issues. It isn't Levy's not trying to make the club win or he, he wants to make money and not have Tottenham win championships. All of that is rubbish. We've we've missed on multiple signings, and we've we've had coaches come in and out, like you said, come for five years, stay for one, and get paid. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous what's been happening here. That's why I do not want Nagel Nagelsmann because he's a big name. He hasn't necessarily truly accomplished a lot. Just because you get the Bayern Munich job doesn't mean you're one of the elite coaches in the world. He came from Germany and they hired him at Bayern. Wow, huge deal. I get it. Um, the Nuno signing, let's go back to the Nuno signing. Obviously, we can look back at that and go, what a terrible idea. But I don't honestly think a signing like that for us currently in our state of the club is bad. A Graham Potter, a, uh, I mean, I would die for Eddie Howe, but a Howe or, uh, or even, a, I know if Nathan listens to this, even a Deitch, somebody like that who could sit here and build this club and get a foundation around it and not have to make all these crazy signings and get us a bunch of... We have the talent. It's just about putting it all together. And then we have 150 million pounds sitting in the bank saying we're supposed to... We have this money to spend. Maybe we do spend some of that. Maybe we don't have to sell Ndombele and the Celso to, to uh, justify another $100 million out there. And maybe the coach gets what he wants. But I don't see some flashy coach coming in here and being like, 
now we're now we're good. Now Tottenham has it under control. Well, it, go ahead. And, and that's kind of why I'm starting to lean towards uh, like uh, Arna Slot because uh, he seems like the type of guy that can get a lot out of uh, players that probably don't match up to the other play, uh, players in his league right now. Taking down the air to VC uh, um, when Ajax is there and 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 spend some pretty decent money compared to the other teams in that league shows me some promise. I, I, I of course have the concerns about. Um, he's never uh, coached in the the Premier League before. Um, that's always going to be a problem with somebody coming from outside of the league. But uh, he might be a guy that we can rebuild around. Uh, um, uh, and uh, I believe he has had an interview. That seems to be more fact that he did fly in and and actually have an interview with the club. So so he might be more of a, a reasonable option. But I think more of it is getting the right type of person than getting the exact person. And I think this goes to the question that we did get. So, uh, um, Shubes, loyal listener. Thank, thank, thanks as always for asking us, uh, questions. Um, I'm going to read this, uh, through. He said, well, first of all, looking forward to seeing Tommy for the double header at the lane. Uh, yeah, by the way, Chicago Spurs is coming out to the, uh, this upcoming match, uh, against Brentford. So, um, if you're in town, uh, definitely look out for them there. Tommy will be there. Uh, Peter will be there. Uh, j- just a couple of guys that have been on the podcast. Uh, so, um, de- definitely, um, check out for them, but, and thanks for mentioning that Shubes. Um, but the, uh, question for John, he says, uh, we have uh, seen Brighton Wolves Villa improve under experienced foreign hands. We also have seen a relatively new coach in Zavi. Uh, rejuvenate and secure La Liga, albeit Barca are heavily mortgaged. Uh, apologize for being long-winded, but uh, do you... Uh, um, um, I'm sorry, I think he says uh, uh, to you, how how important is it to appoint someone who understands uh, the Spurs' DNA? But, I think that's a very good question, and it raises a couple of different issues. Um, what is the Spurs DNA? I think Cheers. what what can over the last 10 years, the DNA has been infiltrated. It's been messed with it. And I don't think a true Tottenham DNA exists anymore. Um, if you're saying, do, you, do we want to go back to the kind of teams that we had in the past i'm not sure we do um you know we were never quite as successful as we thought we should have been talking through the 80s and the 90s um so i think that i think the dna the old tottenham dna i don't think we'll ever see again um when it comes to your question about managers i've i have a theory that there are different kinds of managers in the premier league there are managers who can keep a team up if they're not performing well. I think we've seen that this year with Crystal Palace and, and Leeds. The old hands come in and they wave a, wave a magic wand and somehow the defence stiffens up and everybody plays a bit better and maybe they save them out of relegation and maybe they don't. 
But I think if you're looking at the bottom half of the table, I think that there's a certain kind of manager that can do well there when they're up against the odds and the expectations are not as high. Now, if you come to Tottenham, well, then, then let's go to the other side of it. You've got managers that are managing teams like Manchester City and um, Arsenal, Liverpool. They're used to being high-flying, and they seem to be able to control the superstars and get the best out of them, um, which is a different kind of manager. But Spurs are between those two. We're not struggling against relegation, so we don't need somebody that's going to come in and uh, you know, fix us so that we can be a mediocre team and not get relegated. And we don't have the kind of manager, or whether it's available or not, we don't seem to have the kind of manager that can control these superstars and turn them into a super team. And I think that makes the whole decision-making process very complicated. And I'm glad I don't have to do it. But, you know, we're, we're not on this podcast to maybe throw out solutions, but we certainly are there to throw out problems and questions. So, uh, Stoops, thanks for the questions. Lovely, as always, to hear from you. But I'd, I think you raise a couple of issues there that are absolutely crucial to how Spurs as a team moves forward. And I don't know what the answers are. Anthony? Jeff? Well, just, just real fast, I mean, I think... Um, what what at least the modern fan is thinking of is more of an attacking brand of football, um, which I think is key um, with our next coach after having a couple defensive guys that are supposed to grind out results and win us trophies, and that hasn't happened. I think we need to go, kind of go back more to our roots, which I think is more um, to dare is to do, go out there and, and uh, be brave. Um, show, show what we're capable of and so a coach that's going to do that I think is part of the DNA um, but I also think it needs to be somebody who's um, can be savvy at getting the most out of younger players That uh, because we're, we're going to have uh, some young players in this squad and some of their positions might not be useful for every formation uh, so it's going to take some creativity of whatever coach to, to make use uh, out of the tools that we have and guys like uh, Poro and um, probably Jed Spence and, and Udoji or Udogi, whatever his name is. I think we need to um, um, pay attention to our DNA and pay attention to the pieces that we have and pick the right person for that. Uh, for me, it's probably slot is up there. there uh, there's a couple other guys that have the potential, maybe Zavi, but uh, um, I don't know. Like uh, He's still a little fresh. Uh, how are you feeling, Cy? Well, as it comes for the managers that are absolutely re um, realistic for us to to hire, I am not of the opinion of any single person. The one thing that I am of the opinion of is we have to go back and reestablish who we are. I think what, what Subes was saying is the, the, the Tottenham DNA. What is the Tottenham DNA? I, we've all lost – what that is and what we to dare us to do has been lost for about five years right now because we've been defensive minded. We we are not to daring to do. We are just trying to grind out wins that we haven't been able to accomplish. I think we need to go back and sign a coach that was like Pochettino back in when he was at Southampton. Find a coach like that who has hasn't won anything but has a great skill set, great with the players, and 
let's do a five-year plan, give him the time to build something, and let us as fans get behind it um, and let it all develop. We can't sit here and go, we have won trophies, we have won trophies. We sound like like a bunch of children like running around with their heads cut off. Like, yeah, we all want to win trophies, but this is a long-term plan. We need to build this thing, and we have the foundation. Let's Let's build around some great young coach and uh, establish ourselves. We're not going anywhere. Tottenham is not dropping to 15th. It's we, we are loaded with players. They're good enough to stay high. They're good enough to finish in the Champions League spots, possibly, at, at our current state, let alone a new coach. So I think we just need to all take a deep breath, relax, find the guy we want. I was saying this at the pub. I think what our biggest weakness is right now is our scouting. I have no idea who is our scouting team. Unfortunately, I am a big fan, but I don't know our scouting directors by name. Um, I feel like we're not scouting the, the the quality players that we need. I feel like our coach, we've shown it the last two or three years that our coaching scouts, like we can't find the guy. We're just, just chucking names out there, Contes and Marinos and Nunez and give up on him in three months. It just seems like a total disaster. We just need to find the guy and let him do his thing. Or her, um, or her thing. Yeah. Or her thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we live in a world of instant gratification. Right? Everybody wants something today. They don't want to wait. They don't want to have to go through a period of rebuilding. They want it and they want it now. And whether or not you can get anybody on your side for your five-year plan, uh, or, albeit, I think, very reasonable and understandable, I think you're going to have um, I think you're going to have a job. I think the scouting is an interesting thing to bring up because we have been signing players with potential, signing players at a, for a huge cost in Dembélé because he had great potential. Well, that potential wasn't really realised. And was that because he felt, well, I've got my big move now, I'm making my whatever it is, £200,000 a week. Um, what do I have to do now? What's left? Um, and I, I, and I agree that we should be signing players with potential. I mean, absolutely. And the scouting should be a hundred percent on that and knowing where they are, but we need, uh, we need players for now who've got a little bit of flair. Um, Perisic, I think was a good signing. I mean, he's not uh, at the beginning of his career. We are aware of what he can do. We're aware that he's going to be with us for maybe one more season, I would think. I'm not sure beyond that. But um, but we need to have a balance of experienced premiership players and potential. And that balance is very difficult to, to keep. And I, I don't think we have a good blend right now with that. Yeah. Well, and I... I think possibly what we need is like a DNA test to 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 figure out is does this person really fit our ideals and let's have a clear message about what our ideals are as a club coming right from that top um, um, make make sure that their message is the same as the fans' message because because we're obviously coming at it from a different place and I think that's where a lot of the the friction about Levy's come up from. Um, but yeah, I think we just need that DNA test to figure out what coach are we going to bring in? What's the right type of players to bring in? Um, how are we going to get the most out of the players that we already have? How do we, um, we have a history of uh, bringing up youth. 
how do we continue that while not sacrificing what we do on the pitch now in our ability to be competitive? And uh, how many years do, are we allowed to take our foot off the gas and, and, and kind of coast through? There's a lot to talk about there. And, and thank you so much for the question, Tubes, because I really think it really took us to some good places here for the conversation. But I do want to um, move the conversation along into um, uh, the, the upcoming match this weekend. So uh, Chicago Spurs will be there watching. So hopefully we'll see a good victory for them. Um, but we are taking on Brentford at home. Um, last home match of the season. Um, that's May 20th. It's uh, 6.30 here in Chicago. So bright and early here. Um, uh, they they are currently sitting in ninth place in the league with 53 points. That's 13 wins, 14 draws, nine losses. Uh, they did uh, beat West Ham this past Saturday, uh, 2-0. Um, prior to that, lost to Liverpool, beat Forest, beat Chelsea, and drew Villa, who we were not able to beat. Um, uh, Tony is their top goal scorer at 20, so he's putting together a pretty good season here. Um and they have a number of other guys that uh, are also competitive uh, goal scorers and uh, um, uh, uh, creators. Um, but the last uh, two times that we have faced them, um, we have drawn them 2-2 um, in December and then last April 0-0. Um, uh, the prior two times that we faced them in recent times, uh, we did beat them both times. Uh, uh, that was uh, the December 2021 after they first came into the league and then when we faced them in the League Cup uh, uh, a while back. How are you guys feeling on this uh, Brentford match? Brentford are an extremely good team. They're well organized. They play to their strengths. Um, they're not trying to play a, a formation that their players don't know how to play. And they're very effective. Now, if you look at the league position, it would be a stretch to say that they could make the Europa Conference League. We've got, uh, they're four points behind uh, Villa and ourselves, which, who I think are the only real ones that are in, in for that Europa Conference. I don't think we're up for the Europa League, which would be sixth place, because um, Brighton is above us and they've got two games in hand. So maybe they have come to the point where they've got nothing to play for. Um, now, that can be good and bad because the manager can say, well, OK, look, doesn't really matter. Go out and play your hearts out. Do whatever you want. Um, and that can be dangerous. And they are a very well-organized team. I think we're, I think we're going to struggle on Saturday. Um, and if you'd have thought back in history that somebody would say, well, Spurs have got Brentford at home and I think it's going to be a difficult game. I mean, who on earth would have thought of that? Um, but here we are and it's going to be a difficult game. Now, the good news is it is at home. We appear to be playing better for some of the game when we're at home rather than capitulating completely when we're playing away. So uh, I, I would like to think, and I, of course I am the eternal optimist, I would like to think that we can sneak a win out here, but it's not going to be easy. Sorry? I, I, speaking of managers, this is, here's a name that has done extraordinary things at Brentford and organizes right, John. The team is 
extremely organized. Uh, Frank has been a really great coach, and I think he's up for the up for the job. Or who knows if he would even leave Brentford? But what he's done with them is just amazing. And and I'm worried about this match. I think we're down. I don't think the players want to play in the Conference League. I think Levy wants them to, but I'm not sure what sort of lineup we're going to even see on Saturday morning. Um, it could be very interesting. I don't I don't know. I couldn't even sit here and pick an eleven. I have no idea what's going on in Mason's mind after that. Um, but, uh, but you're right, John. Anything could happen in this game. If they're out of it, Frank could be like, let's go. Let's You guys just do it. But at the end of the time, he's still trying to make a name for himself. He goes into Tottenham and wins again, and they finish above us for that matter if we lose. I mean, it just looks really good on everybody's uh, resume, not ours. But um, I'm worried about it, and I think uh, – I do. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna draw this match. Yeah. Um, well, uh, maybe that's a good place to go to predictions. Uh, so, Sai, uh, uh, you think it's gonna be a draw? What do you think the score is gonna be? I think it's gonna be a two-two draw at home, and uh, Kane's gonna get another one. And um, I think I think it's Kane and Charleston. Uh John, uh, what's your prediction? Well, I, as I said, I'm always more optimistic than almost anybody on the planet about Tottenham. But um, I think we should be able to get a win out of this playing at home. Um, I'd Obviously, Kane, I think 2-1 will be the score. I think Kane is going to get one. Who gets the other one is a absolute toss-up at the moment. Maybe... I, maybe Richardson's actually going to get on the score sheet, but you've already picked that side, so I'm not going to go there. So I'm going to say Davies scores the second. Okay. Um, I have a feeling that Mason can pull this one out at home. Um, I, I do think um, we're going to be competing for similar spots in the league. Um, but I think uh, this might be one that we can just uh, find a way to scrape out. Um, I think they'll be well organized. Um, uh, but I think maybe just our our talent, which I think overall is better, uh, will uh, come to rise to the top in this one. Um, We've been saying that all year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, haven't we all? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm hey, being hopeful here, but I'm going to say Two games left. Let's keep saying it. I'm going to say it's a 2-1 two, uh, two, victory. Uh, we get a goal from Kane, of course. Um, and I think that we get a uh, goal from uh, Richarlson in this one. Um, uh, Son kind of stays on his cold spell. Um, I, have a, I have a quick question for you before we move on real quick. Do you think Basuma gets the start? Um, if, it, it, if he's 100% fit, I think he does. Yeah, well, if he came on for half an hour and he showed that he was fine, um, I would rather see him come on at the start. And if he runs out of gas because he's not fit, then we take him off for the last half an hour and have him on for an hour than bring him on after 60 minutes. So I would really like to see him start. Um, I, I, I I think he deserves it. He's a good enough player and he can make a difference. Agreed. Yeah, me too. Um, final thoughts on the week. Um, so we have a loss. It's a, a tough game, tough home match coming up. Um, uh, coach search up in the air, fans kind of up in arms. 
Um, any final thoughts on this? Uh, uh, all these topics. Well, I think my go ahead. John. Sorry, no, sorry. Carry on. I was gonna. My only thought is let's just with pride let's play these last two matches the best we can. Let's just get past this season and get into the summer and fix what we need to be fixed. That's all I need to say. Yeah. Yeah. Fix it early. Fix it early. Like bring in our coach early. Figure out what pieces we're going to need early and make those moves early. Agreed. Uh, uh, John? Well, I I think you're right. It would be... uh, um, If we really capitulate for these last two games, then they're the things we're going to remember about the season. We're not going to remember that we beat Manchester City. We're going to remember the fact that we capitulated against um, Brentford, which... You know, that's the feeling that you're left with after after the season, which is going to be disappointment anyway. Um, in looking at the table, you know, people uh, are predicting this, that and the other. Uh, to me, it's fairly obvious Brighton's going to get the Europa Cup place in sixth and it'd be between Aston Villa and ourselves for the Europa Conference. I don't think we're going to get in the Europa League. I think we may not get in the Europa Conference because Villa's playing better than we are right now. Um, if we get in the Europa Conference, then great, good. Let's take it, run with it, go play in small stadiums in the middle of Russia or wherever it is we're going to be mm. next year. Let's see if we got any metal there, Show some, put some reserves out. If we don't, then I think we'll have a real opportunity to um, not be playing those extra games so that we can uh, really, really put focus on the league and the domestic competitions. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, that's, I think that is a good place to wrap it up. So I'm Anthony. You can find me on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-4-2. Sai, where can they find you? You can find me at at Hawaii shy guy, Hawaii C H I guy. Okay, and uh, John, uh, I don't think you have any social media right now, right? Well, I'm on Facebook. I didn't mention that last week. I'm on Facebook, and um, you know, most of the time you can find me at home. That's uh... <laughs> um, and to find John on Facebook, you can join uh, Chicago Spurs official uh, um, uh, page, and you'll be able to track down John there. Um, but I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, so thank you so much to Cy and John for being on today. And thanks to Tommy for editing, uh, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Uh, come on out and watch with us bright and early this weekend. Some of us will be there, uh, but uh, I think not me and John. Um, uh, I'll be there. Us, uh, Cy will be there. Uh, find us on our many platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms. Uh, and um, tell us what you think. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>